Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Stephen Davis of the Arkansas Travelers and the voice of the Travelers himself. And uh, Stephen, it's good to see you here in studio, man. How you it, doing? It's good to be here. It's good to see you. Uh, we've talked a lot over the years where we couldn't see each other, John, but it, yeah. it, it's good to be here. And, uh, you know, it's nice of you to have me in on a wide open Wednesday instead of a trigger Tuesday. I can keep my <laughs> anger to myself. That's right. That's right. It tries to keep it really simple. Which, yeah, people may not know this, but uh, me and Stephen go way back because when I was working my first radio station up in Northwest Arkansas. You were like 10 years old. Yeah, pretty much. I was, I was in college, and it was, when, it was my, literally my first gig when I wanted to get into radio. And one of the, the perks of the job, oh, of sure. course. Yeah, this is not a perk. But it was an absolute perk, was actually running the board for the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, where Stephen was the voice. So we had to communicate a lot back and forth. And uh, one of my most fondest memories I brought up with Stephen is there was a night where uh, the the Northwest Arkansas Naturals played in a game that uh, had some uh, rain delays and everything. I think it went to what was it twenty one innings something. Yeah, tw- to that? Twenty innings. I'm not even sure if there were rain delays. I think it's just a long. Okay. Game. I don't know. We've had it. We did everything that summer. Yeah. You, yeah. You were there most of the summer, uh, running the board, making sure I was on the air. The commercials played, all that fun stuff, and it was a nice perk for you because you got paid. That's right. That's it was a right. paying job. I, I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yes. It was. Uh, you know, as a college kid, any money was great. Right. So, and yeah. you haven't looked back. You stayed in radio and. You're, you're still getting paid, I assume. Yeah, yeah, look at us now. Look at us now <laughs> doing it. Yeah, still getting paid. At least the check's clearing. So, but, uh, Stephen, yeah, just tell us about, man, how, how the season's gone thus far for the Arkansas Travelers. I know turnout's been great, and it's yeah. uh, always good to talk baseball. So how's everything been going so far this year? Overall, really well. Uh, crowds have been great. Uh, our opening home stand a couple weeks ago, we had gorgeous weather, big crowds. Uh, the team's winning more games than they're losing. That's always good. That's good. Uh, 17 wins, 11 losses right now. Another win last night, uh, breaking a tie in the eighth inning with four runs. But we've had a few too many days like this has been part of the problem. Uh, the, the Travs have kind of been cursed by weather. Doesn't matter, home or road, they've had at least one game in each series this year affected by weather. We're hoping we can snap that streak this week. I don't know if that's going to happen now uh, looking at the forecast. But we've had four doubleheaders. Oh, wow. We've had four games rained out, another game suspended that we had to resume the next day for a quasi-doubleheader. Uh, it's been a messy year with weather. Uh, very, very unorthodox for the schedule for that. But uh, that aside, uh, no complaints at all. Otherwise, it's been an outstanding season. We're off to a great start. Uh, good people on the team, some interesting stories, some good players. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you throw in the great promotions and stuff we've still got to look forward to this summer. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So what are, what are uh, some of those promotions that are coming about? Well, let's go with the big one coming up this weekend. Obviously, every Friday, fireworks at Dickie Stevens Park. So Friday, fireworks uh, this week. And then Saturday uh, is like I, I, what I would consider our first real big like promotional night of the season. It's Faith and Family Night. So we bring in a guest. Uh, we, we changed up the format a couple years ago. Bring in a guest, do a Q&A with them. And this year we got Daryl Strawberry. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So Daryl Strawberry is going to be at the ballpark Saturday. Uh, they asked me, they're like, hey, would you mind? They, you know, it's one of those, they, 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 <laughs> they, would you do the Q&A? And they don't want to just straight up ask. And before they could finish asking, I was like, yes, yes. And we'll do the Q&A <laughs> yeah. with Daryl Strawberry. So about 545 Saturday night, Daryl Strawberry and I probably, uh, I think we'll do it on top of the dugout maybe. Fans can get in early. Uh, the gates will open early Saturday night. Uh, we'll have Daryl Strawberry. 
and, and he did a nice promotional video for us. He, he said we're going to talk about faith, we're going to talk about family, and, and we'll talk some baseball too. So uh, we'll cover a lot of ground in about a 30-minute Q&A with Earl Strawberry on Saturday night and then uh, the game's at 7.05. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to like uh, beat you to the punch here, but uh, what, what, what do you want to know as a baseball guy, just from baseball side of things, like what would be is what kind of be like your number one question as Daryl Strawberry? I don't know yet. You know, when, when I first got the, you know, hey, would you do this? Yeah, I'll absolutely do it. I'm like thinking like, man, what do you ask Daryl Strawberry? Yeah. You start looking at what he did in his career, world championships with different teams, playing it for both New York teams, and then the personal highs and lows he went through as well. I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, hopefully we'll get to all of it, but like, where do you start? What is the first topic you bring up with Daryl Strawberry? Uh, and and where he goes with his life and his career. So, uh, you know, I'll plan that out a little bit here over the next couple of days. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of ground to cover with him. It's a, it's a really interesting story, what he's been through in his life. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to diving deep with him on, on Saturday and uh, letting him share his story with the fans. Not too far into the season, but with minor league baseball, you have players coming in and out. Oh, any, yeah. <laughs> any uh, any major changes that have happened so far? Yeah, uh, amazingly. Usually you got to wait till about mid-season until you get some like significant promotions, but we, we've seen a couple already. Uh, and good news, a couple of the guys we started with this year have gone straight to the big leagues, uh, which is just fantastic. Uh, Bryce Miller, uh, who was in our starting rotation at the end of last year and was back this year, a Texas kid from Texas A&M. Uh, just exploded when he got to pro ball. Wasn't a high-profile guy coming out of A&M, uh, but his stuff has been awesome, and, and the Mariners and what they've done with him has been phenomenal in two years. Uh, and Bryce had a very impressive spring training, and they said, you know what, if we need a young starter at some point, even early in the season, Bryce could come up straight from A. Well, that came last week. He goes to Oakland, and he's just dominant in his first start against the A's, struck out 10, didn't walk anybody, and he's the third pitcher in Major League history to ever strike out 10 and walk nobody in their big league debut with Johnny Cueto and Steven Strasburg. So Mm. pretty good company there. Uh, His second big league start, he goes out and beats the Houston Astros on Sunday. So uh, Bryce has been fantastic up in the big leagues. Another one of our relievers, Juan Ten. Uh, a guy from the Dominican Republic who'd fought some injuries the last couple of years, got to the big leagues. He's thrown a couple scoreless innings, his first two appearances. So that's the good news. We, we've lost a couple guys. Never good to lose them, but we want to lose them, get them to the big leagues. That's the goal. Uh, they've pitched really well. And then a couple guys they've sent us have, have performed well, uh, filling in. Juan Mercedes made his first start last night, had a successful outing, five innings, two runs. He's a 23-year-old. And we've got a new leadoff hitter, too, uh, Jonathan Classe, 20 years old. He won't turn 21 till later this month. He's already on the big league 40-man roster. Uh, he's one of those guys, when you look at him out there, you're like, this guy's going to make some stuff happen. Uh, he looks the part with the physical build. He, he's strong. He's fast. He's only about 5'9", probably. Uh, but he, he's got a little bit of pop, a ton of speed, plays center field. Hasn't really had that big game yet at the plate to help his confidence, but I think the more comfortable he gets here in Double A, the more he sees this higher level of pitching, he's going to be really, really good. He's a switch hitter. Uh, I'm excited to watch him play the rest of this summer. Speaking with uh, Stephen Davis, the voice of the Arkansas Travelers here in the Hogsmeade Market Studios. And, Stephen, we were kind of talking before uh, you came on just about some of the changes that's happened in minor league baseball, especially since the COVID year happened and to where it's at now. Just, uh, I'm curious, what, what are your thoughts on some of those major changes? And also, looking forward, or do you think that there's going to be any other major changes or anything happening as far as the way minor league baseball is done? You know, right? if I could predict the future, I'd be down at Oaklawn right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so th- there will be changes. Uh, don't get me wrong. I just don't know what they'll be. Uh, there have been su- substantial changes, both in the way you know the front office operates with, with Major League Baseball essentially taking over the minor leagues. There's been changes with the game on the field. Uh, a lot of the rule changes that are in the big leagues this year hit us over the last couple seasons. We had all of those, in fact, last year uh, in A for the Travs. Uh, and then there's changes with uh, you know the players and what they're going through as well. So 
uh, and it kind of, we say it, it's been since COVID. It wasn't really because of COVID right, that all right. this happened. It just kind of timed up that way. And I think the biggest thing, especially for those of us that are still in the game and were in the game before, it feels like there were so many changes that happened, and there really were, but it was 40 years' worth of changes. They just hadn't happened over a 40-year period. It happened in more like three months mm. in some cases, uh, and they were changes that needed to happen. Uh, the, the game needed to be modernized. The game needed to be updated, uh, both in terms of product on the field, how the minor leagues operate off the field. Uh, they're good changes, things that needed to happen, and I think as we get down the road, and honestly, I think other than some of the rule changes on the field, uh, which hopefully the minor league fans are used to now, you really didn't notice anything different if you were a fan of the Travelers and went to a game. The way the thing operates is still the same for the fans. It's still a great product. It's still family-friendly. It's still affordable. Uh, That's all still there, and the the better treatment for minor league players, the, the higher salaries, the better living conditions, all A-plus stuff that needed to happen. Uh, and, you know, how you get to that point is always what makes it sticky. But enough people were like, look, this needs to happen. Let's find a way to get it done. Minor league players unionized last year and negotiations. There's officially a collective bargaining agreement now between minor league players who are under the uh, Major League Baseball Players Association umbrella and the, and the big league clubs now. Uh, so I think that's fantastic, uh, and it's great for those guys, and it gives them a chance to not have to worry about some of the ancillary stuff they had to worry about before, about you know, do I not eat before I come to the hmm. ballpark? Is the place I sleep going to have enough beds for everybody? Things like that. All that stuff is stuff that they don't have to worry about now. They can just worry about training, playing baseball to the best of their ability, and trying to maximize uh, the, their baseball careers. There's been a lot of positive feedback with the pitch clock, and you know, as you mentioned, that started with the minors, so... Um, you know, there were some people that were against it, but now they've kind of gotten on board and <laughs> they've so. gotten that positive feedback. So when you saw it go through the minors to begin with before it made it to the major league level, did you see it as something that was going to be a plus for the game? Absolutely. What was funny about it was we had a pitch clock before. They just didn't enforce it. We had a clock counting down. It's kind of like what you see at a, at a Razorback game now yep. in the SEC. They have the clock, but yeah, if it expires, well, the guy was close to me. They don't enforce it. Two years ago, 2021, we're playing long games, but we don't care. We hadn't had baseball the summer before in the minor leagues. We were just happy to be playing games. But I kept hearing from my friends out in the California League, down at the single-A level, about this strictly enforced pitch clock they were using and how awesome it was. And we're checking their game times, and they're playing games that are 12 to 7, and they're done in two hours and 20 minutes. And we're going, wow. And talk <laughs> to guys, and they're like, this is outstanding. You know, it's, it's really on the umpires to enforce it, but the players get used to it, then you fall into a rhythm. And we're like, all right, it's probably going to come to us. So it did last year, and it was just amazing. The, the difference it makes in terms of not necessarily pace of game, but pace of action where the pitcher has to bring pitches. It brings some more strategy into it on how you do different things. It's fascinating, but it keeps the game moving, which I think is awesome. Uh, and, and now seeing it in the big leagues, you know, those guys had all of spring training to get used to it. The minor league guys didn't last year. It took them a couple weeks in the season before they started enforcing it. The big league guys had spring training. I, I know it's been a real adjustment for some of those guys who have been in the big leagues 5, 8, 10, 12 years to, to adjust to it. But I would hope now a month in they're into it. And even if they don't like it, they can see the positive effects it's had on the game, on fans, on the product in general. Uh, it's just awesome. And I think Theo Epstein, the, the former Cubs general manager who now works for Major League Baseball and is kind of spearheading a lot of these uh, possible rule changes and was the the lead on some of these uh, implementations, came out this year in an interview and said, you know, you don't go to an NFL game ever or a college football game and go, man, 
that play clock and those two delay a game penalties just ruined the experience <laughs> for me. You don't go to a baseball game now and go, yeah, that that fifteen second pitch clock and, and those two pitch timer violations where they put an extra ball on the count just ruined the game. It's just part of the game now, and, and it doesn't feel like something that shouldn't be there. It's it's part of the evolution, and it's part of what has made baseball different than professional football and professional basketball and even hockey to an extent. I don't follow hockey that closely, but you know the NFL will make major rule changes every year or two, it seems like. The NBA makes major rule changes every year or two. MLB hadn't had anything. Baseball has been very reticent to change, and it doesn't mean that change is bad. It just means it's different. And I think we've seen through the implementation and experimentation of these rules in the minors last year, uh, where we had all these things, and now what it's done in the big leagues this year, that it's been a good change. And it I don't want to say necessarily will open up more change in Major League Baseball, but it, I think it will at least get people to where they're more open-minded about seeing possible ideas and what might work. Well, Stephen, we appreciate you coming in with us uh, here today. So there's going to be a game tonight. I know it's yeah, been raining outside. We're but, planning uh, on it. Uh, yeah. You'll look at the forecast. Weather's going to break. Yeah. Uh, it was 6.30 first pitch. I think we're going we're gonna to go. And you know what? The radio broadcast will be on the air over on Buzz 2 no matter what. That's right. 106.7 Buzz 2 against Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Yes. So how about that? A little battle of the state of Arkansas. Battle of the natural state. Yep. As we Taking on play. little brother this week. <laughs> there you go. And it's uh, the dog days of summer is going to be the highlight tonight. Yep. Is we that, got, that... Uh, dogs can come out. Uh, $3 berm tickets if you bring your dog. Uh, it's a great time. Dogs love it, and I think people like bringing their dog out, too. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely great. So, again, folks, you can listen right over there at 106.7 Buzz to our sister station. You can get out to the ballpark right there in North Little Rock at Dickie Stevens Park. Stephen Davis, the voice of the Arkansas Travelers, really appreciate you joining us, Stephen. It's good to see you again, and I know uh, we'll be having you in again here soon to talk more about absolutely. the Absolutely. Let's do it again anytime you guys need me.